Hour two of the Blitz. It's starting right now, live here on Fan Run Radio, 1340 AM, 1057 FM. Live in your Fan Run Radio app. That's free wherever you get your apps. We're also live uh, in your Fan Run Radio web browser. And if you want to watch the video feed, that is over on the Fox Sports Knoxville Twitter. But, uh, hey, let's get, let's get Hour 2 started with an opening drive. Let's see. First down. Mentioned last week that Tennessee baseball came in at number two in the country in the D1 baseball top 25 preseason poll. Well, we got another preseason poll this morning that dropped, and we got another number two ranking. This comes from one of the more respectable polls out there. Baseball America has Tennessee as the number two team in the country to start the season. Consensus number two team in America now? Just about, you could say? Just about. LSU is number two. One, uh, obviously. That's yeah. They're they're going to be that's going to be pretty much consensus number one. Yeah. Uh, Florida's at three. Florida's got a lot of hype this year. They did last year. Florida at three. Uh, Vanderbilt is at six. Where's A and M? Seven. A and M is like my third best team in the SEC. A and M's good. What about uh? What about Ole Miss? Where they Uh, at? Ole Miss is at ten. Man, Uh, SEC is so good. Is at eleven. So in the SEC top eleven, so there good. are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Seven SEC teams in the top eleven. That's in the unreal. Country. And then the other ones. Let's fill them in. What Stanford? Right. Yeah. Stanford at four. Oklahoma. Are they in there? They are not. I don't know if they're supposed to be good. I just said that because they made the right. final last uh, year. You got one team that's up I sixty five. One team that's I sixty five. I don't even know. I don't know. It, people say people say interstate names, and I'm like, I just you don't know I sixty five. No, I don't know any of the interstates. Like I just hear them, and they're like, yeah, that sounds. Do you know I forty? I know all of like they're all there are a lot of them, and a but lot you, of them are around you know here. I-40? Sure. That doesn't sound like you're confident. I'm not confident because I don't keep up with like what the interstate names are. I really don't. This one is on the interstate that goes through Nashville and goes okay. up and down. Okay, goes through that Nashville. Goes so is it in the? It's in the. Oh, it goes through Nashville up and down. Up and down, all the way through multiple states. And that could be anywhere. Like the interstates are, are too big. Just tell me. I don't know. It's Louisville. Louisville. Where are they? At number five. That's too high. Stanford four, Louisville five. That's and too you high. Got a pair of ACC teams at eight and nine. Um, North Carolina. No, it's Miami and it's Wake. Miami. Miami. Let's look what D1 baseball's got. D1 uh, baseball has Miami at twenty-two. But yeah, in Louisville at sixteen. Essentially, sixteen and five. That's a big disparity, if you ask me. Essentially, you can simultaneously be the seventh best team in your own conference and be a top ten team in the entire country. Isn't that unreal? Isn't that a beautiful thing? That's a beautiful I guess thing it's to me. Kind of beautiful, yeah. SEC uh, man, nothing better than SEC baseball. I'll tell you, still you that. got more SEC teams in the top twenty-five too. So yeah, right. Alabama, South Carolina, Mississippi State. None of them. It's actually what? Auburn. Auburn. <laughs> hey, they've been hosting uh, regionals lately. 
It's oh, they don't have Sunny. They don't D. have Sunny D anymore. I know, but I, I, I'm just surprised that it's Auburn out of. I named three teams, and it wasn't any of them. Because those three teams are ranked in D1 yeah, baseball. We, we got eight eight teams ranked in in Baseball America, and how many in D1 baseball? One, two. Uh, whoa, whoa. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Eight ranked in 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 Baseball America. Nine ranked in D1 baseball, and they're not even the same eight or nine. So really, you have like, you have like 10, eleven SEC 10 teams or 11. That are like ranked in, in in the preseason. Who's the worst team in the SEC still? Is it is it uh, Missouri, Kentucky, Missouri? Missouri's not. I would not say it's been doing Missouri. well. And they missed out on the Tony V sweepstakes, I'll tell you that. They got to feel pretty bad about themselves now. Yeah. Second down? Second down. Let's just stick with Tennessee baseball, huh? I didn't think there was a second one to be had, but let's let's hear it. 2024, Luca Ramirez. Oh, yes. Yes. Son of weekend. A ton of fun. legendary Great MLB story. All-Star, Manny Ramirez, Red Sox legend. His son, Luca, has committed to Tennessee baseball class of 2024. How fun is that? How fun is that? The question is, is he ever going to step foot on campus? I really don't know. I haven't seen, like, where I've heard he's projected as high as, like, at this point, round four or five, as low as, like, a 10th rounder. So, like, that could be enough if he's if he goes out there and says, "Hey, like I'm going to Tennessee," then he won't get drafted there. Like so, it just it obviously depends on his intentions. You know, it's just Luca being Luca. Luca, Luca Magic, baby. Um, is the it thing L-U-C-A? is, uh, yes, I think it's L U C A. Um, short for Lucas Ramirez. <laughs> um, just drop the S, Luca. Um, Sounds way better. The thing is, it's like. The game is different now, you know. Lucas Ramirez is striking out three times a game. Luca, he's hitting, he's hitting bombs. bombs, tanks. the The thing is, you don't, you can get a good NIL deal now, college baseball, especially at Tennessee, who has one of the more exciting programs. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of NIL movement with Tennessee baseball. Um, you don't have to go to the minors and make money now. And I think you come to a place like Tennessee, you get even better development maybe than you could get at some of those early minor league places for sure. And you don't have to sit around in, in single A, high A, you know, rookie ball for two to three years. You can do what you do at Tennessee and be like a Ben Joyce or, you know, like a, you know, another, like a, a Sunny D at Auburn. And you can make, you can be in the double A straight after being drafted. You know, like you can. You could be good going to college, and, and like Chase Dolander is going to be just fine, and he, he went to college, he's going to get drafted one overall. So you could do a lot more at the college level now than he used to, and you could still make money. And I think Luca Ramirez, being Manny Ramirez's son, is probably also not worried about getting paid immediately. I'd say that might play a part into it. You know, Manny's got, I'm sure, a good amount of funds from his playing day. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if he steps foot on campus. I really hope he does because Manny Ramirez just – a legend growing up to watch. I love Manny Ramirez. I would love to see Manny Ramirez decked out in Tennessee gear, just going crazy at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. What a dream that would be! I need, oh. I need him in Lindsey Nelson. I so that would be bad. so fun to have Manny Ramirez at Lindsey Nelson Stadium, just to see him in Tennessee gear, see him going crazy 
for like a regional. Oh my goodness. It's June 2025. <laughs> You're pulling some burgers off the grill. It's a, it's a nice June day. You know, you went swimming in the morning. Uh, just hung out around around the house with the family and now you're grilling out burgers. Your wife, she's just cooked up some, some french fries in the air fryer back in the kitchen. And you flip on the College World Series. And there's Luca Ramirez Whoa. in the three-hole. <laughs> as it cuts to the crowd. and Manny. There's Manny and there's Peyton. Oh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know Peyton's going to be there. in Omaha, the two of them sitting there having a little pregame convo. That's so cool. All's right in the world. All is right in the world. As you try to win your third straight national championship. Uh, <laughs> I, man, seven-year-old Andy, if if he ends up somehow getting to meet Manny Ramirez at a Tennessee game, he would lose his mind. We're going to meet Manny Ramirez. We're going to. Yeah, we're, we're all going to. Think about it, 2025, I'll be 20 upper 20s at that point that's unfortunate <laughs> well that's why we're gonna have a wife and kids yeah. in this weird hypothetical yes we've built up a quite the we, scene we have in just two short or three short years we're gonna have a family <laughs> a full family yeah when i think of luca ramirez hitting home runs the cultural series i think of i'm a family man <laughs> yep i see it now <laughs> Shout out Luca Ramirez. He's a ball. Hope he comes on campus. I need it. It's going to be really sad if he doesn't. I know. Really sad if he didn't. Really sad. Oh, man. Third down. Georgia wide receiver Rodarius Thomas was arrested early Monday morning on a felony charge of false imprisonment and misdemeanor battery family violence according to Athens Clark County Jail official. Thomas uh, recently just transferred to Georgia from Mississippi State. You know, rah-rah. Tennessee really wanted him. Rah-rah Thomas, Mm -hmm. one of the leading receivers in the SEC a year ago. 44 catches, 630 yards, seven touchdowns. Well, uh, tough break for Georgia. You know, that was a guy that I think they were counting on to be a starter next year. I guess we'll see what happens, obviously. But false imprisonment and battery family violence never sounds good when you read it out loud. How is we'll that see. false imprisonment? False imprisonment, I guess, is like when you like keep someone somewhere and don't let them leave. It's not necessarily like the same as kidnapping, but I think it's like close to as somebody that doesn't know anything about law would tell you. Like I myself. got no idea either. I know bird law. Uh, bird law, yep, for sure. Donnie Mitchell just hit the portal for Georgia too. Bet he'd like to come back. I bet they'd maybe like him back after after Raw Raw just caught a couple charges. But fourth down, Andy. Uh, yes, fourth down. Um, wanted to head into the the tennis realm because the Australian Open's going on. Just to throw a little tennis love out there. Uh, Americans are doing very well in the Australian Open. It's it's becoming a like a new age of, of American tennis stars. We, you know, we saw around September that Tiafo guy make a final. Um, I forget what tournament that was, Francis Tiafo. Um, but Americans have done very well in this tennis final. Also, want to mention uh, Ben Shelton from Florida. He's 20 years old. 
became the first American man in 20 years to reach a major quarterfinal before turning 21. Uh, Andy Roddick did it in 2003. So he last year was playing with Florida against Tennessee right here in Knoxville. And now he's like a top 50 player in the world. So shout out American tennis. A little, little tennis love there. That's a tough one because I don't like Florida Gators, but I do love Americans. Yeah. So, hey, he's not I'm not Florida anymore. He's he's now representing America. Yeah, I don't know if I need like another year, though, removed. Maybe. It's still him. been within the year. Yeah, it hasn't been a full 12 months. He, he won a, he won a national championship Less with Florida. Less than a year ago, he was just he won the singles. up the hill from the strip. Hitting some balls around here, in yeah, yeah, and now he's in a in a quarterfinal of a major tournament, going farther than the Novak. The cookout. Didn't Djokovic already now lose? Now he's down under. Djokovic already lost. Uh, yeah, no, so I maybe? don't know actually. I know Nadal lost. I think. I think it's someone lost. got upset in the second round. Might so have been. He's made it farther than them. Yeah, he's better than. Now Djokovic is still. It's so is Nadal that lost. Is still playing. What about the uh, the the Fritz kid, Andy? Fritz. Taylor Fritz? Is that his name? Nadal lost to an American. He lost to McDonald. So I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. America! Taylor Fritz, he lost in the second round. Mm. He is top 10, though, right? Yeah, he's a top 10 player, but a disappointing exit for Taylor Fritz. He got, I think he got hurt. I think he got hurt. They're calling USA. it the Netflix curse. USA. The tennis mm. Netflix curse strikes again. Yeah, I think I might watch the the Netflix like the tennis the tennis version of the I, Drive to I Survive. Did, they have that already. Yeah, it's called Breakpoint. Awesome! I love that we're doing all these intense Netflix yeah, series very. on different sports, <laughs> sports that aren't necessarily For, super exciting in nature initially, and they make them very intense. Yeah, I, I agree. And not to say that golf and tennis and, and F one are not exciting because they are, but like they need a little bit of a juice to, to yeah, get everybody need, on board. You know, you got to jazz them up a little bit. Yeah, I'm with that. We'll see. I we'll don't know, see I don't know about this old tennis one. We'll see. Oh, just about the tennis Netflix series? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like tennis. I like to play it. I like to play it more than I like to watch it, but I do like to get into I, 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 I like to get into it when Americans are playing in high-level tournaments. I love a little Wimbledon final. All well, white, grass, nice Sunday morning. I don't know. I don't really like to watch tennis if there's not an American playing. No, I, I love the old you know, Nadal-Federer matchups and, like, I see that doesn't do it for me. I that need to have for me. I need to have someone to root for, and I don't want to root for a non-American. I just want America to take over tennis. Probably won't ever happen, but we could have some guys win. Maybe we can always hope. Good opening drive. We'll get into some ball hoops on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Back here on the Blitz, uh, Vol Hoops continue to roll along, exercising some demons, actually. Going down to Baton Rouge and casually disposing of the Tigers. It's becoming a Tennessee tradition. Mm -hmm. Going down to Baton Rouge, beating up on their sorry athletic programs and making all easy. their fans leave early in the second half. I wish we had Colin Baton Rouge on here to play. I'd be playing that like be nine times. Maybe. But, oh, uh, man. Maybe a slow start. 
uh, but certainly a pretty strong finish. And by slow start, I just mean six to six early because really the rest of the way, it was just domination. And I think a couple of things happened on Saturday. Well, first thing that happened is you won a road basketball game by 21 points, 77 to 56. I think the second thing that happened is Josiah Jordan James left no question that he is just all the way back and ready to be the guy that he was supposed to be from the start of the season for this this Tennessee basketball team. You know, we, we've seen him work his way back here lately, and certainly this isn't, this isn't his first big game of the year. I mean, he's averaging 10 points a game on the season, uh, but, you know, you look at really the last couple of games from him, 28 minutes against Kentucky, and then this past week going on the road playing, you know, 34 and 31 minutes. Before that, you know, you look at the games prior, it had been 14, 16, 17, 17, and 16. So finally kind of, you know, getting his way all the way back in the lineup. And then also, you know, you see the impact that he can have. 22 points. Uh, 22 points. Tennessee finally switched into that that lineup that I think we've all kind of been clamoring for. The smaller lineup with Julian Phillips at the three. Josiah Jordan James at the four, Olivier Kamwa at the five, and then, you know, Ziegler and Santi. I just think that the Tennessee showed how good they can, you know, even how much better even, I guess, that they can be when you have a healthy Josiah Jordan James in your starting lineup and, you know, when you experiment with your lineups a little bit. I just want to say again, um, for like every single game this year, this Tennessee team hasn't even been at full strength. You, yeah, you've had Josiah still, you know, trying to get back to 100%. I think you're finally, like, like there, 30 minutes. That's pretty good. You you still – you weren't f- full health in this game even. I mean, Coach Barnes said after the game, he's like, you know, clearly after even on Tuesday, like, we've been sick all week. Tyreek Key was sick. He didn't play on Tuesday. He only played 17 minutes on – on Saturday, I'm sure he's still dealing with that. I mean, Jonas has had times where he's been sick. He, I mean, he came out and said Santi wasn't feeling really good. You know, Julian wasn't feeling really good. Yurosh wasn't feeling good. Yurosh didn't play. Like, well, there's been a lot of sickness going through this team, and they still got to win this big on the road in a building they hadn't won in since 2015. That's impressive. I know LSU is a completely new team, completely new coaching staff. They're going through some struggles right now. But that's impressive. I mean, you're down significant numbers this whole week. You you have guys who aren't 100% healthy. I'm sure Santi's still dealing with that shoulder in, in some ways as well. So you haven't been 100% healthy all year, and you're still putting up numbers like this. Like, I know it's, like, hard to ask for full health at a certain point, but if this team gets fully healthy and they stop dealing with some of these, you know, nagging injuries here and there and and sickness here and there, it's, it's just they're fun. Really fun, and and when they can play and win like this, when they're when they're in their groove, they can be so dominant, and it's it's scary. There was uh, I don't know if you yes. how plugged into the Twitter stream yes. you are. Uh, yes. The big debate over yes. the weekend is this the best Tennessee basketball team? I have some thoughts that we've seen ever. Or at least I don't know under, about it. Ever. Like, well, I, mean, at I, least, I like, don't have the knowledge in to go our back. Lifetimes under Rick Barnes. Under Rick Barnes, I think that's the the best so, argument. This is the highest rated that Tennessee's ever been on Ken Palm, 
two overall. Oh, yeah. Same goes for Bart Torvik. Same goes for Sports Reference. Uh, their simple rating system, they have Tennessee. Uh, this is the best team in Tennessee history by a full, like, three points. Um, you know, a lot of their metrics have this team as a little bit better than that 2018-2019 team. I saw, yep. like, like, one of the, the local gambling guys around here, Tyler Wyatt, that runs, like, Bet Smart US or whatever. He said that, that this team would be favored by three and a half points. Mm. Over the 27-2018 team. Or and not, you know why? Excuse me, 2018-29 team. Here are my thoughts about it, because I've battled with this question too. Because on the surface level, you look back at that 2018-19 season, and of course you say, Grant, that Grant Admiral, Jordan Bone, Kyle Alexander, Lamonte coming off the bench, Bowden, of course that team was better, right? Like, they were so much more fun. I think they were. I think people, you say they're better naturally because they were more fun, they they were led by offense, right? Like right. they had the showtime offense. They were moving the ball, and they were the number one team in the nation. And, and, and yeah, maybe from November to early February, that was the best Tennessee basketball team we've ever seen. That was the best Rick Barnes team, and it probably has been that stretch is better. But they didn't finish. Maybe the way I think you, you the, the way they finished, they lost some games down the stretch in the regular season. They lost in the SEC championship game, and they lost in the tournament. Now can't base that on because we don't know what this team's results going to be but I, I think if you just look at it from now it's easy to say that just to throw out that 2018-19 team because that's what I initially have been leaning towards just because it's like they they were so fun we we really got to see the personality of that team I think that goes into it as well like I feel like you really got attached to those players and their personalities because we got to see that yeah we, yeah that I mean came that was just such fun. a like everything about that team a, because, well, right now, like, we have also that 2018-2019 team that doesn't make this feel as special. Like, they didn't have that, so it felt yeah. even more special. You couldn't but really compare it to much likeable. recently because we were finally, like, right. really good. And they had the star power. Back, right? like, they had, yeah, we, we felt like we were back, you know. Like, we were back-to-back we were SEC back. player of the year, Grant Williams. But Exactly. Now you compare it to that team, it's like, it it's their offense is not as good. Like, you compare their offenses, of course that 2018-19 team has the better offense, but defensively? Not even a question. Like, this the, is the, the best defensive team Rick Barnes has ever had. I mean, it's the best defensive team Kim Pomeroy's raking system has ever seen. And that's not flashy. That's the thing. That doesn't get everyone going, ooh, like, wow. Like, that's you see the flash factor. Of course, that Grant team is, like, first that comes to mind. This is, doesn't have the flash factor, but it has the most depth out of any team that Tennessee's had. Like, that, it has more depth better defense it's just that flash factors there and when the shooting's cold it's not fun it's not fun and it's just to that tennessee 2018-19 team they had games that they had that were like wow like this is shocking like why are they not playing better and that happens i just think the recency bias of people say the recency bias seeing us and win a game like this and being like oh well yeah you win a game like this recency bias you're gonna say it's better but then also the recency bias of like why you're frustrated in this team is because they lose some games so, that are frustrating. Like that's right. also recency bias. You know? I guess like the thing is is kind of what you're saying here. In 2018, 2019, you could win a game 84 to 81, and you could say, "Oh you, my gosh, this team is special." And you feel good what about it because game. you you feel great about it because Grant Williams scored 40 points in an overtime game against Vanderbilt. You can still be like, "Okay," and Jordan Bowden had an amazing inbound dunk, and you're yeah, like, like, "You still year, feel good about it." This year, you can win a game by three. You know, like fifty nine to fifty six, and you're you can go, oh my gosh, you can this even, is disgusting. And no, it's just like well, even worse. You could still be you could be a Mississippi State team on the road by eleven and be like, oh, 
What did we just watch? That was just brutal. And it's just like, okay, well, that just means <laughs> that you prefer offense. Like that's yeah, it. exactly. You know, yeah, and, and that's fine, and that's fine. That's like okay. I love offense too, and I even still, I'm like, yeah, I but think that 2018 team, and 19 is, team is, is inside the, best, the top but... 35. Oh yeah, like, no, this team's this offensive is... rating is going to continue to increase. Yeah, no, like, for when, sure. When you look at the combined average of like, okay, well. Tennessee's defense rated as number one. Tennessee's offense in the top 35. That year, I think it was like Tennessee's offense was around like in the 20s. Tennessee's defense was in the 30s. Like all around this year, I think is better, which I've been, I, I don't think it's any secret what I think, who I think the better team is. I've been saying since the preseason, like I think this will end up being Tennessee's best team that Rick Barnes has had. I still think that's the case. I don't. Like, I, calling them better than the 2018-2019, I think it's all very marginal. Like, if you want to call them better, fine. If you want to say 2018-2019 still a little bit better, fine. I don't have an issue I with think either. they're right there, neck and neck, and, it, like, I don't think it needs to be some heated debate. Um, but I think that this team has a chance to do something pretty special this year. I think that this team is really, really good. I, I think it's weird how p- more people haven't gotten behind this team. And... Now when you look at what happened Saturday, you know, Josiah Jordan James finally fully back to his, you know, what what do you expect out of him from a minutes perspective, from an output perspective? And you kind of unlocked a new lineup, right? I mean, you unlocked that line, that small ball lineup that we've all been waiting for. It was around this time last year that you unlocked a new lineup that kind of changed your season and a new way to play. Well, you know, this team is maybe kind of hitting that point in the year this year. And, and that offense, I think, is going to continue to get better. We've seen the rating rise in the last three weeks or so. Yeah, I think you're going to get to the point where you finish with the top 25 offense and the number one defense. Um, but I get I guess like the competition hasn't been great in the SEC. You know, I guess it's going to ramp up a little bit this weekend again when Texas comes here. But I feel very good about where the Tennessee basketball team's at. And uh, I feel very, very good about Zakai Ziegler and where he's at now. You know, I think that's another one of the biggest differences is in the last three weeks, four weeks, something's kind of clicked with him, and he's just made great strides as a point guard. And now he's kind of become the, the point guard that this team was missing. I know he might not be an SEC point guard, put that in quotes that you can't see, that some people – egregiously throughout their last week even some people from this very own radio station but now he's a guy that just came off of his second double double in in what four games that's had or almost not second double double sorry he had nine assists against Vanderbilt not 10 but his you know fifth straight high assist game 10 4 7 9 and 8 in the last five games assist wise a 12 point showing to follow up a 24 point showing yeah, uh, I'm just going to say something. When Zakai Ziegler becomes first team All SEC at the end of the season, I think a lot of people are going to uh, are going to be very. Sometimes I feel very like, regretful of yeah. some statements. You know, sometimes I think our fans would would rather us fail so they can be right instead of see us just because be successful. I personally think what he's done in SEC play, like you can take out some of the non conference stuff away, but he's leading the conference in assists in SEC games, like in, in conference games only. Yeah, and assist to turnover ratio yeah. is up there too. Like he's the Points best point guard there. in the SEC so far through the SEC slate, like stat wise, in terms of passing at least. Yeah, in terms of passing. And he can score too. 
Yeah, been right now, a okay. Clip. Here's what Southeastern the best defender. According to Ken Palm, Southeastern Conference all Ken Palm right now. Zakai Ziegler is an All SEC first teamer. Yeah, I mean, I think he would be. Like Wade Taylor, maybe a better guard. Same with uh, over at Alabama. There may be better guards. Like Marcus Sears might be a better point guard, but like yeah, sure. But in what Tennessee's doing now right. in the system they've got, Zakai is he's been the best player in conference play recently. I mean, I feel very good about where Tennessee basketball's at, and, and yeah. I, I agree that they maybe by the slightest of margins are for now a better better team than uh than than back in 2018, 2019 too, but. I like to think that. I like to think that too, but there's still a lot of season to go. You never know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens today even. Should be a pretty interesting AP poll. Tennessee. Oh man, could I wanna I wanna three. break down that poll so bad. Tennessee could be three. They won't be. They won't be, but like Tennessee could be three and I wouldn't be surprised. Tennessee could be like six and I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. think it's likely that you're like four or five. Gonna break it down. Number one, Houston lost to Temple yesterday. Yep. How far are they gonna drop though? That's only their second loss. Uh behind you. You think? Yeah, I do. Kansas lost twice. They're going to drop behind you, right? 13 of the top 25 teams. It's just a weekly thing now. Just, just a weekly thing. Casually lost. Purdue is should be number one or number two. Number two. Number one, number two, number five, number six, number seven, and number eight. All at least lost a game this past week. Gonzaga is going to go behind you for sure. Um, Texas, they lost. It's they a should go behind you for your matchup this Saturday. We gotta catch a break, Andy. Xavier lost the Paul. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get into good, bad, and the ugly. I'm sure some of these could throw it all in there. there. Yeah. Good, bad, the ugly coming up next. Bill. Fulfill. Listen, even back when we was broke, my team ill. Martin Luther King would have been on Dreamville. All right, back here on the Blitz. Time for some good, bad, and ugly. Sam, I'll start things off with you. Yeah, my go to the weekend, uh, I'm going to go Joe Burrow here. I mean, the guy just, I think he submitted himself as the number two quarterback in the league uh, with this game this weekend against the Bills. 23-36, 242 yards and two touchdowns. He did it mostly in the first quarter, and then that Bills defense just, I'm sorry, that, that Bengals defense played unbelievable down the stretch, but it's just tough to beat Joe Shiesty, man. The guy just he just turns it on in the playoffs. He's so calm, cool, and collected. And you just It should be illegal for a man to be that cool. Yeah, to have that much confidence. <laughs> like I, I don't know if I was if I, I was a Bengals it. fan, there would not be a single game that my team plays where I do not believe I can win with him playing quarterback. No, I mean there'd never be a shred of doubt. Never doubt. Never. Ever, ever, ever. He's the coolest guy on the planet, I think. Maybe. I think any any team, maybe aside from the Chiefs, would want him as their quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe even the Chiefs would want him as their quarterback. I don't know. If you, uh, if you, nah, if he's younger though, with right? The, uh, with the Brock <laughs> well, cheaper Purdy, right now. <laughs> cheaper. If we end up with a Brock Purdy, Joe Burrow, Super Bowl, that's going to be the coolest yeah. quarterback matchup of all time. mm Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm in a Joe dilemma. Shiesty, I'm in a dilemma PCB. where I'm in a dilemma where I love love Jalen Hurts and would love to see him win a Super Bowl, but I hate the Eagles and I don't want them to win a Super Andy, Bowl. Andy, the at fact all. that you're even considering rooting for the Eagles is I'm not. Crazy. Consi- I root for Jalen Hurts. I don't root for the Eagles. Rooting for Jalen Hurts is crazy. 
I can't help how much I like Jalen Hurts. I've I've liked him even since when he was an Alabama quarterback for some reason. Well, you just get over it. I can't. Like he's he's great. I love Jalen. <laughs> I, I hate that he's on the Eagles. But I don't want Brock Purdy to win because he doesn't deserve it. But he does at the same time. I'm just mad. What's your good? My good is the Tennessee Lady Vols. Eight and zero in SEC play. They got a big win on the road yesterday. I don't know if you, if anyone has, if anyone hasn't seen it out there, go look at their Twitter. Um, an 8-0 run in the final minute of the game um, on the road in Columbia against Missouri. Undefeated SEC record on the line. Rakia Jackson with uh, a second left got an and one to take the lead. Um, shout out to the Lady Vols. Their best start in SEC play since winning the SEC in the uh, 2015 season. So off to a really good start after a shaky non-conference uh, schedule. They've got a fun one on Thursday with UConn. Shout out to uh, Jasmine Franklin for recording her thousandth career rebound yesterday. Yep, that's big. Um, man, if you, you also got to go see Kelly Harper's reaction on the bench to that and one. Great, love Coach Harper. Great. I'm looking at it now. Ooh, nice little finish. And one. Oh yeah. All right. Um, my good from the weekend is the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. For all the talk of quarterbacks that we've had this season and you know this week leading into the playoffs, and even for as good as Jalen Hurts has been, so much credit goes to that Eagles offensive line. Um, still, the the number one fact in football is is games are won at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think we still saw that this weekend. You know, quarterbacks can now obviously like divert some of that and, and like work around some of that. Elite quarterback play can, but you can still win football games at the line of scrimmage. And uh, and the Eagles absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage against the Giants. Um, first of all, like held Saquon decently in check. I mean, he didn't get the opportunity to get a bunch of carries, but you know, you had Kenneth Gainwell. With 112 yards, you had Miles Sanders with 90 yards. Jalen Hurts only got sacked once. Um, he ran for 268 yards, averaged more than six yards a carry, three rushing touchdowns. That offensive line is great, and, and they were even better uh, than great on Saturday night. That's my good from the weekend. Sam, you're bad? Yeah, my bad from the weekend. Uh, Pegleg Patrick. That's what I'm going to call him now. Uh, the, yeah, you know, you get a devastating injury there to Patrick Mahomes, high ankle sprain, looked like it was almost a torn ACL there for a second. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, they, they fight off the Jags there 27-20, but now, I don't know, I feel you can't help but feel a little bit, a little bit empty inside knowing that you're going to have probably a, I don't know, 70% Patrick Mahomes probably playing against, uh, Joe Burrow in those Cincinnati Bengals. You just can't be happy about that. You, your team had so much momentum. You're playing so good, and then your star quarterback goes down. Can't be feeling the most confident going into this game. I still have no idea why the Chiefs are a favorite, an opening favorite in this game. I would be hammering the Bengals. Mm. Mm. Definitely watch out for that. That is interesting. Two pretty close spreads. Eagles open as two-and-a-half-point favorites. The Chiefs open as a one-point favorite. It hasn't been the most thrilling down-to-the-wire playoffs we've ever had, so maybe we're in for two yeah, just great ones. I mean, that first ones. weekend was good. First weekend was good, yeah. Now we had 
really good comeback in there. Yeah, uh, I'm maybe more thinking about this weekend. This weekend was tough. It was tough. Maybe we get two good ones this Sunday. My bad. Um, on my end, uh, number one, Houston. They lose to Temple yesterday. Um, and what felt like a quiet Sunday where there wasn't going to be too much other than NFL football. Big news happened with uh, college basketball where top-ranked Houston, they lost 56-55 to against Temple for Temple. Just kind of a, a you know a lower team in that conference in the uh, AAC. You know, not really expected to make any sort of tournament noise, and they still aren't. Get a massive win on the road at Houston. Give the Cougars their second loss of the season. Uh, their second, they lost to Alabama earlier in the year at home. Now they lose to Temple. Um, first win over a number one team for Temple since the year 2000. First time, uh, and I forget how long it was. It might be the first time ever. No, it's the first time ever that number one and number two both lost at home on back-to-back days because Kansas got just absolutely slaughtered by TCU um, at the Allen Fieldhouse. So pretty big shakeup expected with the pull, as we already mentioned. Um, bad on Houston. Good for the Owls. Yeah, my bad was going to be Houston as well. Uh, I mean, just losing at home. As the number one team, you know, I, I know you're playing in a point conference favorite. where you're unfortunately not given a lot of grace, but you don't really deserve a lot of grace for losing at home as a 19-point favorite. Oof. Uh, just a, a tough one. Tough one as they, they fall to Temple. The ugly, Sam? Uh, the ugly, and this one was really ugly. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. And yeah. I'm with you. I'm going to say the same thing. Yep. It's the, it's the Cowboys' last play. Of the game. Yeah, that was fine. Um, it's probably the worst play I've seen in the NFL since that that Colts fake punt with Pat McAfee, you know, where they lined up like three guys or something like I don't know. There was a lot of bad on that final drive at period. It, it just didn't make sense. You got Zeke lining up at center, he gets absolutely destroyed. <laughs> they throw it seven yards down the field and he gets hit immediately. I can only laugh. I can only laugh about it. That that was just you can only you're right, Andy. It was a laughable. We weren't finish. gonna win anyway, so we weren't gonna win just... anyway, but I would have rather. Yeah, I see. I see Steve Smith out there saying, "Oh, we Panthers interviewed Kellen Moore for a head coach after that play. We don't want him." It's like, I mean, you weren't going to win anyways. You had to do something bold. I I don't get what they were trying to do, but maybe they had some plan. It didn't work. It was disgusting. In terms of Zeke being at center and like the personnel, that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, like you put everyone out there and try to win the game. Like I thought it was actually pretty smart. I thought it was just it just looked it just looked bad. Throw throw it one guy right to Turpin. Throw it anyone else. Oh. I mean, a, just a, a one-person offensive line there. It was like, a, what are they not going to do? You don't, you don't think they're just going to yeah. bull rush Zeke and just knock him over and then But it didn't matter if Dak. they bull I mean, rush he, Zeke and knock him over. Well, he threw it pretty quick because he saw that Zeke just got out. That, that was already going to be the plan. Like, was, like There like, was part, yeah, I mean, no the blockers is, there. You can't sit around and just wait. Like, yeah, you like, expected that, that to happen. Yeah, that part smart. Like, hey, instead of having five Get offensive downfield. let's have – more fast guys that do well with the ball in their hands. It just was. Why did we throw it to him? Why did we throw it to Turpin? Why did yeah, we not just give it to CD Lamb over on the other other end? Yeah, Which, I mean, the last play, you're ugly as well. Yeah, definitely. And Dalton Schultz's disaster, disaster final drive. Dude, yeah, <laughs> Disa- He just forgot to play football on the final drive. Like the season wasn't on the line or something. He just didn't like, play he hard. Looked like he was a casual. He just didn't like, care. Friday walkthrough in, just, in June. Just didn't care on that final drive. He just it quit. Was baffling. He quit. He didn't run forward to he get out quit. of bounds. I would not want him to ever play. And then game for the he, Cowboys if I were yeah, he just was like, I don't care about getting two feet in and make it a like a sixty-yard hail mary. Now we had to do that. Whatever play that was. Yeah, ugly. Ugly from Dalton Schultz. He's been good all season, though, but terrible finish. Terrible finish. My uh, my ugly is coming from that game as well, but it's just Dak Prescott. Yeah. Picked off twice, 
could have probably been picked off. Like uh, yeah, like four more times. Four, first five, one, first six, one was a miscommunication. Michael Gallup should, seven. was supposed to come back, but still terrible. There were pass. like there were like a good five or six balls that easily could have been picked off. He missed every uh, good. He missed a couple of anytime of important that, like, reads. there was a chance that he could have like stepped up and made a big clutch throw. He, he didn't. didn't. Uh, he goes into the off season with more questions. Thirty than he's years old somehow had in the past, even though he's entered every off season with questions. You know, now you're just a thirty year old quarterback. Nothing will happen. And there's just yeah, I mean, it's just it's tough. Like, I hate it because he just played the best game of his career on Monday and came out with a stinker. Six days later, is he just Tannehill with better receivers and better play calling? We don't really. We didn't even have like that good of receivers this year. So he, uh, just better. Well, not, yeah. I mean, anything's good. better than the Titans receivers they got this year. Um, yeah. No. I. Yeah. He might be. I don't. I mean, I think he's better than Ryan Tannehill has is, been his is, whole career. Like, but. is is it time for Dak to just be lumped into like the Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill group of quarterbacks? Now? I don't think Ryan Tannehill is up there with Dak and Kirk. I think that you're severely underrating Ryan Tannehill. No, I'm not. Under, I'm not underrating his like three-year stretch he had but in terms of your whole career Ryan Tannehill wasn't that guy until late I mean like that's just like besides the point I mean there's just there's clearly I know that Big Cat actually uses this on his quarterback tiers or his power rankings sometimes like the Kirk Cousins zone yeah but that honestly does feel like the best way to describe a select like eight to ten quarterbacks of just like yeah they're just kind of like they're good and they get the job they can get the job done and they can pass for a lot of yards and run an offense but can they can they be a super bowl winner can Kirk cousins be a super bowl winner probably not you need you need very good circumstances and and you can just get random stickers i think the vikings have like kind of a good team Kirk Kirk cousins kind of makes them a good team but can he win a super bowl no i don't know like jared goff Dak prescott ryan Tannehill, Kirk cousins uh Derek carr like yeah all those guys are just kind of the same. Yeah. It's eleven fifty four. We got behind there, so uh, we'll skip the break and just pretend like we just came back from a break. Ready? All right. Back. Best bet. Wrapping up the show. Sam, your best bet for the night. Yeah, my best bet. Uh, I'm gonna go to college basketball here. Give me, give me a struggling Jayhawks team. Lost a couple this week. I'm gonna take them. I'm gonna take them to win this game against Baylor tonight. At plus one hundred five money line, quick turnaround for quick those Jayhawks. I'll tell you what, that's the, this smells trouble. Quick turnaround feels like a must win. Though. When's the last time Kansas lost three in a row? I don't know. They're on the road too. They are on the road. That's what makes me a little I nervous. I like Baylor, but uh, I don't it, know. But it's they, a desperate team. Backs against the wall. Backs I do. Against I the do wall. agree. I do agree. Uh, my best bet in the game, Charlie, that you're going to watch and report on tonight, because <laughs> you're just going to coincide with my NBA bets now. Um, Grizzlies on the road in Sacramento. It's a 10-30 tip. Um, John Morant versus De'Aaron Fox. Fun matchup there. Um, oh, didn't, didn't look at this, but the over-under is 246.5. So that's a lot of points. So, Charlie, it sounds like you're in for a, uh, a show-stopping game here. A lot of points. This is uh, this is an exciting one for two your Two of first. the most exciting teams in the West. Yeah, this Young is teams. a – Yeah, I mean, two teams with a winning record. I'm giving you a great game for your first Can you let one. me watch my own team at some point this week? Sure, maybe like, if they, if they like, play a like good maybe game. Tomorrow they don't night. play today. Like maybe like tomorrow Kings. night, like one of the best games of the week on TNT. Well, then would you heat. would you rather have a bad game today and a good game tomorrow? You do whatever. I, I'm, you want. I'm being nice and giving you a, a good game on NBA TV. It's on TV. It's on TV. I'll take it. Ten thirty. 
I'll take. But yes, I'll, I'll have the Heat in there for sure. Like tomorrow night they play the Celtics on TNT. Well, I was going to give you the Bulls and Pacers tomorrow. You you don't want to do the Bulls and Pacers. I've I have another I have ten full days to watch the NBA and report. Okay, on it. I'll give you the Celtics Heat Heat tomorrow. Uh, I, my best bet's the same as Sam's. I mean, you just you just got to sit and think to yourself: Will the K- Kansas Jayhawks really lose three straight games? Can you imagine Kansas losing three in a row? I can't. I can't. I mean, Baylor on the road, short turnaround. I well, would love tough. it. That's tough. I, I don't want it. That's our best win. We need them to win all the games. Eh. Yeah, but I don't I don't really. I like Kansas. I'm not line. thinking of it that way. That's my best bet. But uh, for Sam Beard, for Andy Brock, I'm Charlie Collier. We'll see you. Same time, same place tomorrow morning. Y'all have a fantastic rest of your day. John Reed Talk Sports up next. <laughs>